You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. <sighs> Let's and get me, to it, fellas. Me, I own, I own six homes, guys. Uh, guys. That's on vacation. I am on vacation. I'm in wanted. Melbourne uh, visiting uh, my girlfriend's family for the first time. It's been very pleasant. What's a vacation from a, a, like a life that is a vacation? What's that like? Is it like overkill? You're like it's too much. It's like chocolate on fudge. Like it's like you know oh what? come on, this is too rich. It's like it's like someone who lives in San Diego going, oh man, it's just been really rough recently. I got to go down to Cabo. You know, I got I yeah. Gotta, it's just like I feel like ah like, oh, enough. Tom, you know those too cameras much. that those cameras that watch the Hawks in Central Park. You familiar with those cameras? Yes. I'm going to yes. set up one of those cameras so you can watch me during my work day, to just being the hardest worker you've ever met, just so you can see up close what what the life is like to be on the grind. Yeah, it's just going to be Pat like chewing on a pen for six hours, looking like <laughs> pensive, <laughs> and then playing Fortnite. That's another way I can say about people search engines. <laughs> so. Uh, it's been, it's been really nice. And to answer your question, um, Melbourne is, uh, rainy and cold, uh, though much more of a traditional city than Perth. So uh, it's, I feel like a country mouse in the big city right now. Whoa. Um, I was desperately trying to find the lyrics to the YDL, uh, song off the way it is comp, uh, we're the working <laughs> class of the USA. It's about time we had our say. Uh, and that's where it's only there for Patty. Then it got uh, mixed up one week. Exactly. Until Saturday, uh, took and, the same plane wow. as, uh, uh, candy, Akulu and the others, uh, after catching them in Perth, it, uh, coincidental. I was not following them like the that's grateful awesome. dead, but, uh, are they playing Melbourne? They did. They did. Uh, however, this place is so much like a real city that the place that they played uh, would have taken me like 45 minutes to get to. So I said, I'm going to spend time with real fellow. city energy. Yeah. Real city energy. Um, speaking of real city energy, let's shout out our sponsors. Let's do it. Who we got. Thank you. Thank you to convulse records. Uh, Melbourne. Come on. Thank Denver. You. Real city. Beautiful city. To- to run for cover records. Uh, Adelaide. Boston. Also a great city. Boston. Also a great city. Thank you to To Live a Lie. Uh, Sydney. Raleigh. Raleigh, Durham area, I believe. Yep. Right? Yeah. That's nice part of town. Um, pretty good. Pretty good little town. Welcome to North Kakalaka. And thank you to Close Casket Activities. Uh, uh, Brisbane. Troy, the true capital of New York State. Um, Tom, what do you know about Troy besides like uh, Troy Corps? Um, 
I gotta be honest, that's really it. And I remember, uh, and okay. I remember they when we used to drive to like the QE two, they'd be like, "You see down that that like we were on a hill, and like you see down there, that's where oh, Troy yeah. is." And I'd be like, "Cool, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't make the left." What yeah, I just know it's Mata and Troy and Troy Core. All right, what are some facts you can tell Tom about Troy, New York? Patrick. Um, uh, uh, known as the Collar City for yep, its pr- production of collars. Um, um, who's uh, the uh, goateed figure that? Uh, oh, you're talking about usually the, associ- associated with the U.S. government. The, yeah, the literal Uncle Sam, who supposedly is who is a fictional figure, but supposedly came from Troy. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, man, I, I love that. Like, can we just start claiming stuff? Like, oh yeah, you know, like uh, Bartman is from uh, Brick, New Jersey. So, yeah, it's how, not it's, Bart Simpson, but Bartman. Yeah, it's how it's how Mormons claim every like you know they'll just claim after somebody dies. Oh yeah, that guy was a Mormon. <laughs> they want, it's the same shit. Uh, the city's clothing industry supposedly originated with the invention in the early 1800s of the detachable collar yes. by a Troy housewife. Yeah, it's a collar city. So in case you were wondering who you could thank for all your shirts with detachable collars, Troy, New York. And uh, finally, what is the motto of Troy, New York? Patrick? Duck. Troy against the world. Yeah, South uh, Troy, South Troy, North Troy, Troy. That, it world. should be, it really should be, because the the actual motto is "Ilium fut Troja est," which is "Ilium was Troy is." What the hell are you okay. talking about? Uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It, it was built on a hill. So, anyways, guys, uh, let's get into it. Closeguysgetactivities dot com. Troy, New York, Twitch Tongues, Sleep Therapy Reissue. We teased it. We talked about it a little bit last week in our quick ones. Deserves a little bit more time and attention. I believe this is the 10th anniversary repress. Is that correct? Or is it a little beyond that? It is 10. I think it's 10 too. So um, this is a double LP repackage. Uh, I have not seen the final product in hand, but I actually got to see a little bit of the full layout. Really, really cool. Um, kind of what you've come to expect from Close Casket Activities. Basically on all their records, if they're going to do it, they go big. They make it look great. So um, this is certainly a record that I think stands on its own in their catalog. I, I think there's... You know, uh, the band had, uh, oh, I mean, what do they do? Four or five LPs? Um, this is one of the ones that if you haven't heard the band, people are going to point to. And rightfully so. Uh, had a lasting impact on Southern, Southern California. Uh, to be honest, bent hardcore as a whole in this way where, like, I'm not going to lie. Before Twitching Tongues and the Youngs, shout out to Taylor and Colin. Uh, Conan, if you're, if you know, you know. Um, I, if but I would say the split in hardcore on stuff like Life of Agony, Typo Negative, etc., was like a like thirty seventy, maybe twenty five seventy five. Like, yeah, I like it. Versus, nah, majority is like whatever about that. These dudes not just made it okay to like it, but encouraged people to say no, give this a fair shot, and and that's kind of fascinating. Um, 
And, and I wouldn't say those are their only influences on this band, but it's certainly one of the ones that's most prevalent. Mm. Uh, what do you guys got on this? I mean, I think it's I think it's a, a record and a band that uh, is coming back. Obviously, uh, playing Sound and Fury, um, and it seems like there's a lot of energy behind that. Yeah, so uh, th- this is a band that <clears throat> had a ton of hype. Uh, people uh, f- forgot for a second, and then needed the fucking reminder. Uh, it is a band that. It picked the perfect moment to come back. I, I, this is the thing I'm so curious about when I watch bands say, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Or, or Hey, uh, I, I figured out X, Y, or Z in my life. We can do this m- more aggressively. I always am. I'm the guy that's like, Ooh, did they, did they do it at the right time? Because there's, it's such a fickle public. Right. But like, right. Right. The uh, exact right moment. Uh, I think Sound of Fury is the exact right event for them to play. Uh, it's going to be like now the band toured, and certainly they made an impact all over the U.S. But uh, frankly, it's just going to be such a California moment, and it and it's going to be cool as hell. So uh, happy for this. This is not the record for me. Uh, sorry, everybody, still buy it, but <laughs> but, but uh, it's not the record for. It's not the. It's not their record that that I think that they kind of like came into their own. I'm also. I'm a fan of their last record, which I feel like people did not give a fair shot to. So, uh, you know, disregard me if you got it. True. Tom, switching tongues, sleep therapy. Yeah, uh, I don't have much on this record. I'm a big fan of, the, of In Love, There Is No Law. Right. And right. me and Pat also back that last record. Right. Yes. In the face, in the face of, in the face of uh, mounting, mounting opposition, Tom and I took a bold stance and said, wait, this record fucking rips. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it was, if that record came one record earlier. Right. Yes. Yes. I think it would have been, it would have been heard a lot differently. Yeah. True. So anyways, this is our, our reminder to everyone. Twitching tongue, sleep therapy, redux, go get it. Um, Fun, cool shit. So cool. Uh, with Mark McCoy. On it. Yep. Um, that was a, it's reimagined by Mark McCoy. Pat's guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. My guy. <laughs> Pentagram and typo negative coverage. Do I, do I have a guy? Is he, is he my enemy or something? No, I no, think you like his work. I do like his work. Visual artists, like really impressive stuff. Like I'm always kind of looking at it. His art is one of those things where you look at it and then you start looking really close at it. Cause it's like the hell's going on. What, how do you do this? You know? Mm. Um, and it's quite often I've seen some of it where I'm like, Oh, this is like, he hand drew a lot of this stuff or like, this is this manipulation of a photo in a way that's not merely like, Oh, let me just clip that. It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, so go get it. A bunch of colors are sold out. Still a couple available. Get it. Closecasketactivities.com. Um, sorry for being slightly distracted. I'm currently watching two uh, – what are they? St. Bernard's. And what this, there's St. Bernard puppies, like young. Not puppies, but adolescents, I guess I'd call it. Uh, it wrestling in the neighbor's backyard that I'm looking directly into. So that's kind of fun. Um, Who's winning? Aber- ah, the bigger one. Yeah, of course. So the little one's frisky. Oh, oh, oh. It's playful, though. You know, it's like one of those nice ones. Yeah. 
I'm, wait, I'm waiting for it to tune up. Okay. Uh, to live a lie. To live a lie.com. Click on that web store. Prayer for cleansing. The rain is the rain in endless fall. LP. Uh, second pressing. Available on gold edge vinyl. Um, this is a second pressing that was not done in a like uh the first pressing sold out in like a day. So yeah, super quick. <laughs> so they throw them up uh, to make sure they'd have them. There's 300 on metallic gold X pinwheel edge vinyl. Uh, that's the to live alive version. Um, there's some other versions elsewhere, but this is the one we're telling you to go get. Guys, give me give me uh, the elevator pitch on prayer for cleansing. This is all vegan Tom. straight edge black metal. Yeah, I'm just a fan of the singer, uh, but uh, the band itself is yet to, is yet to put its hooks in me. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just Tom. This this one and Undying are both kind of these blank spots in my uh, metalcore uh, history because I just don't know if the you songs like are there crap for me. and this is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Both bands are actually good. You like Garbaggio. But yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. No offense. Of all, of all the influences no th- that a metalcore band could have, the one that so the order of appearances, uh, integrity taken too far is my favorite. That then you follow. Then below that you've got kind of um, uh, uh, the the Swedish stuff, and then uh, death metal is probably at the bottom. So this is not the bottom for me. But like it, it's just th- there's this. Um, the, the black metal influence on some of the stuff uh, that was coming out around this time, just it never connected for me, but uh, listen, I'm we're selling this record on our podcast. I'm going to do my due diligence and revisit this record for the first time in 10 years. Hey Bob, do you have any other records that you want Pat to shit on while we're, uh, <laughs> well, or? I would say this, here's the thing. <laughs> Jesus. This is Christ. the band. This is a lot of people's only tribunal band. As oh, definitely. Uh, listen. Uh, okay. Let me say I would that. Say it's mine. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the peak. Uh, even if this is not your sound, it's it's better performed and and better delivered than ninety nine percent of the tribunal catalog. It's um, really well recorded. The folks went on to between the Barry to me and a bunch of other bands. Yeah. Uh, it's death metally. It's got really good mosh parts. Songs about the IRA, the plane. This is hardcore and Furnace Fest. Ooh, hell yeah. So get the record, be ready, and know all the words. Boom. Uh, I'm also going to big up a record. It's a four-way split, which is always interesting to me. A four-way split between Musket Hawk, Grin and Barrett, Sidetracked, and Ugly. A 12-inch four-way split creates this interesting contrast. So it's like uh, a double split vinyl LP. But each man has a, a couple tracks. Um, I'm familiar with Sidetracked and Ugly. Not familiar with Musket Hawk and Grin and Barrett. Uh, first, the name Musket Hawk, all in. Really Good. like it. Yeah, really cool so. name. Good job. Um, uh, sidetracked, uh, if you aren't familiar, super fast core, power violent stuff from the Northwest. If you haven't heard them, you they deserve your time and attention. They've been around doing their thing for a very long time. And uh, as is the way with certain power violence kind of bands, some records catch me, some don't. I'm very curious to hear this material. And Ugly is really interesting. I believe they did an LP before this. And it's really dark, weird, slowish kind of 
I don't want to call it sludge because it's not like that, but it is okay. I think if you're someone who likes crowbar, crowbar and killing joke, mm. you should hear ugly. Wow. Okay. okay. And I yeah. wouldn't say they sound like either of those bands, but I think if I'm triangulating, those are two reference points. I'd put it either end and go find it somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, more so because this is a record that's new and it's on Tolo Live. We'll let you check it out. I love the band named Musket Hawk. The other thing is I don't see that many splits. Um, and uh, if I'm being real, I don't love splits. Except for stuff like this where I kind of like the idea. Four bands putting some, some material. It's more than nothing. Probably the equivalent of a short EP by each band. Um and that means you get to sample something, which I, I like. I appreciate that. And uh, Patrick, you were part of a four-way split once. Tell us about that. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Tiger's Jaw, uh, The World Is, Code Orange, Self-Defense Family. And uh, everybody hated the Self-Defense Family song on it. It is among my mm. favorites that we did. So it mm. it it taught me, uh, oh, damn, this is going to be a rough next 10 years. Uh, uh, made some friends off of it uh, and just a very um, like a cleverly assembled uh, split Um, bands that people had heard of or had a little bit of hype or had been around or uh, et cetera. And just an interesting mix. Now, if I was to do this today, what I would do is I would make it a picture disc of a, a Rochester garbage plate. And I would call it uh, the, the uh, like a sampler plate. I would say this is the sampler plate, not 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 a Ooh. split, right? And it would just have, uh, or maybe it would have mozzarella sticks and and. Oh, uh, it, it would have. Was that somebody from Rochester? It, it would have, uh, 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 you know, onion rings, mozzarella sticks, a photo of this, and, and it would be called the sampler plate. So. That's how I would do. You know, always those good. You know, it always those good on the cover of a record. Food. Ah, food. <laughs> no, it's not. It's gross. It always looks gross. It could be the best thing ever, and it oh, still looks gross. Good, oh man, that's a good mission. I think you're right. The Tiger Show record. The pizza looks okay. Yeah. It's oh, not. that's a good point. It does look okay. Um, but it's not like a record with cake on it. Like I'm trying to think if there's been a cake. I feel like I've seen a lot of records with cake, and a lot of them look bad. They're kind of now na- that like gnarly. I mean, they've also probably been under like hot lamps for fucking yeah, yeah. eight hours while this asshole's trying to get a good picture. Yeah, who knows if it's even cake? It's like uh, Elmer's glue yeah. and such, you know. Right, toothpaste um, or something. But yeah, hard uh, to live Check it out. Love them. Thank you guys. A uh, couple questions for you guys as we get into it. One, Tom, do you think when Patrick uh, finally writes a diss record with his non-drug church band, they should call it Some Offense Fam? Mm. Yes, not so. bad. that should be the new SWAT record. Not oh, bad. Some offense, fam. Uh, and then, uh, wait, fuck, did I lose it? I lost it. I lost what it was going. Oh, speaking of record covers, last week, and we're going to continue the conversation today because we had a lot of fun with it. The reunions. Thank you to everybody who hit us with feedback. Um, there were some that I just felt like we can't, we can't not talk about some of these things. And we got some great feedback, so we'll be able to chew the bone on that. Um, talked about a band, The Descendants. We made reference to a uh, 
to a certain record that doesn't exist uh, and ask the, the fans to create um, versions of those covers mm. that doesn't exist. Tom, Jordan, guess how many we got? How many oh, submissions we got for it? Oh, no. Um, is it like over 10? No. <laughs> oh. But it was more than five. So uh, <laughs> uh, I will send those to the group and we can uh, we can judge them privately. But uh, thank you, everybody, for that feedback. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we did not repost them. We know. We didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I know. Everybody's, everybody gets sad, worried that we're going to hurt feelings. We talked a lot about reunion records, and I want to shout out one of our great listeners, listeners Thomas. Um, Thanks. Wrote us. Dear A2G, enjoyed this week's episode a lot. By the way, uh, editor's note, haven't done a mailbag episode in a long time, and we should. So let's Count me out. That's um, your question. Enjoyed this week's episode a lot, especially like Tom's fussing at Patrick for not doing the homework. Always a fun time. Yeah, great. That's how Pat does it. <laughs> I love the moments. <laughs> I had a few thoughts about reunion records and some of the records you guys discussed. I'll try to be brief. One, does Out of Step count as a reunion record? Mm. First, before you guys answer, give me your gut reaction, yes or no. Out of Step, reunion record? No. I would say no. But I I'm, also I'm said open. no. I, I also get, said no. I get the argument. But I get the argument because here's here's the thing. Because for, for people who might not know, and I, I to be really honest, I, I think this is not, even for people who maybe love Minor Threat, it's not, you know, uh, fully understood. But Minor Threat essentially had broken up before that point, before they recorded Out of Step. And... Um, I don't know if it was how much it was a we're never playing again, we're done, we're done, we're done, whatever, you know. It was also 1983. (laughs) Right. How fast did this news spread? How known was it? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, And to be honest, I think think there were, you know, I bet you can find a fancy that says Minor Threat's done, not playing any shows anymore, you know, Uh, because that's how people get news. But you'd hear that, especially in local zines or something, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, Billy McKay says, oh, my buddy choked down the street. He said that Slapshot's done and they're never playing a show again. And then three weeks later, Slapshot's playing a show again. It means that Choke had a really bad argument with Mark and was pissed at him for a week. And that's where he caught him, you know. Minor Threat thing wasn't that, but we don't know how many steps it was beyond that. Um, That's right. Really interesting stories about the recording and the uh, the heads that were in different directions uh, prior to recording the record internally. Um, so, if you are interested, look into that. It's it's fascinating. I'm sure you can find places where uh, any number of members of Minor Threat or the related DC scene talk about it. It's uh, it's cool. Um, so I encourage that. Um, to me, because the relative duration of time that passed, I was like, ah, and I'm not going to lie. If I was there, I might be like, yeah, it's a reunion record. I wasn't. You know? So doesn't count as a reunion record to me, but I do understand the argument. Well, it, I think it, it's it, a valid, valid question to ask. Here's an, easy, here's an easy way to frame this. How long do you have to be broken up before it's a reunion record? I know. 
Wow. And do you have to be officially broken up or can you just be kind of like, we all assumed you were broken up because you haven't done shit for fucking years. Well, that, that is the part. I think if you had been, hadn't done shit for years and come back with a record, even if you didn't say we're broken up, here was our last show, blah, blah, blah. I'll take that as a reunion record. I mean, descendants, I don't, they stopped playing shows formally, but I don't know that they ever said we're done for all time, you know, but, but everything sucks. Reunion record, you know, they got back together. Um, the other one, duration of time, I said to our dear listener and questioner here, Thomas, that we had a modern example we didn't get into that might support his argument, which is, and we didn't get into it, blacklisted. And there's, uh, they did the EP, but the heavier than heaven, lonelier than God LP is the one I would submit. Um, Peace on Earth, War on Stage being the EP that preceded it. Blacklisted, whether people remember this or don't, or, you know, maybe you're unaware, uh, broke up with a last show at This Is Hardcore in 2006 and their West Coast last show in, at Sound and Fury in 2006. Full transparency. That was the first year for both of those festivals. Full transparency. It being Blacklisted's last show on either coast, 100% set those fests up for success. Mm. Full stop. Full stop. It made, and I'm not going to, I'm, I'm opining for this is hardcore, but I'm willing to bet Joe and, and folks would go, yeah, you know, it certainly didn't hurt to have Blacklisted's last show ever be at the first year of this is hardcore in Philadelphia. Uh, as a member of Sound and Fury, yeah, when it, we announced that it would be Blacklisted's last West Coast show, it just about, it, it, you know, it it finished selling the tickets. We'll say that. You know what I mean? Um, and it, was, it made it a moment. It really kind of gave it some weight. That said, I think much to everyone's luck, Blacklisted play those shows and like, shit. <laughs> kind of like doing this band maybe we shouldn't break up <laughs> and then proceeded to write what i think is their best material um I, and uh i'll hear arguments for the lp that comes after heavier than heaven but i think almost unabashedly that peace on earth war on stage and then heavier than heaven are uh one of the best eps of the 2000s and then one of the best LPs of the 2000s and certainly a defining record yes. of that 2005 to 2010 period. No question. No doubt. So, can, can I, can I ask a question that you guys might know? What is S what is S tier? Uh, it's like a high, high level, isn't it? That's, yeah. yeah. I don't know get it, why it's S. Yeah. Why Cause that sounds like shit tier to me. Because I, I, every time I have to check myself, superb, go, superior, supreme. I guess, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's an S tier record, and I mean that in the way that everybody else means it, not like the shit tier, which is what I always thought it was for years and years. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Blacklisted was the best example. If we do consider those reunion record, if we do consider it a reunion record, then we have to say that it is one of the best, right? And yes. so that's my question for you guys, real quick. Tom, I want, I want you both to go in more on the Blacklist record, then we'll get back to Tom's questions here. Listener Tom. Um, 
is this is blacklisted having to have a reunion record? I mean, then it's not right. I mean, in reality, if they broke up and then they didn't, they were like, never mind. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say, right? I mean, I, 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 mean I, don't, I didn't know the story. I didn't even know they broke up in two thousand six. No, no. So they they essentially, you know, they had been a band and. There were some lineup changes, and uh, you know uh, the guitarist who was on the LP prior, um, the beat goes on, uh, was no longer in the band. Totally amicable, uh, but they realized, hey, I don't think we're going to try to keep going with this. We can't do the band anymore. Then they're like, wait a second, maybe we can. And oh, damn, this is going to be fun. So it's kind of that thing, like the same thing we said about out of step. None of us were, thought it was a reunion record, but with Blacklisted, in my head, I'm like, this is a reunion record because they said we're broken up. We broke up, but they kind of didn't full on break up. Right. So like how maybe, long, maybe it is how a long after This Is Hardcore or Sound and Fury, whichever was later in the year, did they practice? Uh, it's a good question. Well, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. I'm pretty sure Peace on Earth, Peace on Earth was out by 2007. It was out, I think, in 2007. And then uh, Heavier Than Heaven, I think it's 2008. It is. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I don't think it was that long. Um, somebody who's got a blacklisted showography can talk to us a little more about that. But I think uh, it's a good question. And it made me stop and rethink about the out of step question. Because I was like, huh. If we're going to count this as a reunion record, which, you know, it, it kind of begs that question. Like, are we going to force things to be like, is there a binary? If it's like, Hey, we broke up six months later, we're back. You know, youth of today, we're not this alone, essentially a reunion record. They sort of broke up. That's why Ray says we're back at the beginning of the record. Yeah. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Okay. So here's my thoughts on this. There's certain bands that just keep us in uh, a state of, Will they, won't they on um, breakup blacklisted is one of the pioneers of, the, of this. Are, you saying they're like, are they the Brett Favre of this or what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the Tom Brady's. The, yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, fucked up does this too. Right. Uh, less in recent years, but the, for years, any interview they gave, would be one member going, yeah, I don't know how long this can go on. Yeah, some <laughs> edge, of the sword, edge of the sword thing, yeah, right. And uh, now I feel like it's a Kulu is doing this to me because I really love their music and <laughs> I can't get a straight answer on, if, if, like, are they are they trying to be a band band? Or are they, you know, and, and nobody will give me a straight fucking answer. And it's... It's a frustrating energy for me. I understand that you know bands have actual for people that don't know. These aren't scams. Like fucked up is big into into like kind of playing with the audience, but these aren't scams. That really was that wasn't a scam about. Yeah, it. No, it, no. People have these disagreements with each other, or they just think I can't, I really can't do this forever, you know, or with themselves. Exactly. Good question right. for you, Pat. Yes. Drug charge aside, because drug charge. I mean, like you guys, you know. It's going so well, you'd be idiots to be like, I think I've had enough. But self-defense for all those years. Mm-hmm. If you had the same people in the band mm-hmm. for any extended period of time, do you think you guys would have broke up? Uh, I mean, we have. <clears throat> there's been very consistent members, but uh, without lineup changes, no. You, I, I don't think that you could 
it's very difficult to be the type of band that I like to be, uh, which is a band that plays uh, and like is active mentally. And, and for people that don't know what I mean by that, it's like, it's in your thoughts. You're trying to figure out what the next thing that you'd like to do is right. Some people can shelve their bands and, and just put them on this kind of like right. a hiatus and not think about them. Yeah. And, while everyone else, everyone around me finds happiness and wealth. And uh, by the way, I, the, the, this is real quick. Uh, Akulu, uh, uh, new singer, uh, it's the kid from illusion. Is that right? Um, That's right. It's a, I was trying to place when I was watching them the other night, I was like, what energy does this have now? I was like, I'm trying to figure this out. This is a bold statement. You know how we've said that trapped under ice has like a New York energy without being from New York. I think a Kulu in in some ways and Tom, you're going to, you would be the better check on this. I think a Kulu is a near, perfect simulacra of New York without having to be New York dudes necessarily. It is, I, I was trying to place, what is this? What is this? And then I went and watched, I was like, Iceman. I was like, I think this reminds me of Iceman with the new singer. And I went and watched a bunch of Iceman <laughs> videos. That is what All it the reminds me. Vibes? Yeah, that sure, is that what sense. it reminds me. It, and it's, uh, uh, anyway, I really, uh, I, I never get to see a Kulu, so it was it was a special treat for me. Um, anyway, uh, back to the thing, which is uh, uh, being a band that uh, is an active band. Uh, it's not easy. Um, people are if you have creative people in your band, they might just be pulled in different directions. Uh, like presidents of the United States of America, for example. Uh, yeah, go in. I, I I read the Wikipedia the other day because I'd never. I'd never heard the kitty, kitty, at, kitty at my feet, and I want to touch it. But apparently, it was a, it was a hit in Australia. So, so I was at, I was, I was grinding. Tom, it was ten fifteen, <laughs> and the bell rang. Yeah, and if you I had a camera on me, you're looking up. Yeah, I was thinking lumps, <laughs> and I was, I was like, I wonder my, what else I was eating my sandwich, my peanut butter only sandwich. Uh. And, uh, <laughs> And I, I had to stroll over to the Wikipedia for presidents of the United States of America before my eight minutes ran up. So <laughs> go ahead. So, Oh uh, my God. It, it, there's two reasons given for their breakup in, in the uh, Wikipedia. I don't know which one is true. One is that uh, one member wanted to spend more time with his family. And the other one is that uh, the singer slash guitarist, maybe singer slash bassist. I don't remember. Uh, wanted to uh, do a solo career. Now this was after they were bigger than big and they're the type of big where it's, it's novelty songs. Now you could say that they're like expertly delivered novelty songs or that they, they resonate on two levels or whatever. If you're a big president's fan, I guess. I mean, I think you have a little more credit. They're not a Pixar film. (laughs) Some offense, fam. Some offense, fam. Peaches really not really fucking going out there on a, Novelty songs expertly delivered. Fucking sticker material. Jesus, you're on one today. Keep going. So, so th- that's the type of band that can just deliver for the rest of for a career because people don't expect you to have albums worth of great material. They just when you pop up, if you deliver a song that's that's hummable and like pleasant and cool, people just love it. You can, that's a she's that's lump. a type. She's uh, 
<laughs> she's, yeah. she's, so it's supposed to be subliminal, so people would be like, "Fuck, I want to hear lump." <laughs> <laughs> they don't tune away. So, anyway, the point is, uh, can you can you imagine breaking up presidency of the United States of America? This is just to you, fellas. <laughs> just at the peak. The yeah, pinnacle. can you imagine? Jesus, uh, you've already performed on MTV on top of Mount Rushmore. Is, is is it time for you to break up? Yes or no? By the way, Tom, do you remember that? Yes or no? I do not remember that, but I do just remember that they did the theme song for the Drew Carey show. Oh, shit. Cleveland Rocks. That was them. Yeah. So the. I, yeah, I don't remember them playing on top of the. That's Mount fucking Rushmore, crazy. Uh, yeah, that's they were big, big at one point. And all our president's heads will know this. Uh, the the guy who left to do his own solo career <laughs> did did that for a minute, but he uh, now does children's uh, music, which he's got like fourteen albums. Why do I think he just started? That's been their whole career. <laughs> no, now he does it under the name like it's a, not a good name. It's like Casper Baby Pants, which is such a bad name. It sounds like a guy who gets beat up in prison. <laughs> but it's like, oh my god, I wouldn't Cas- around, I wouldn't let him around my kids. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Casper Baby Pants. Casper but- Baby Pants. Well, we have a title for the episode. <laughs> Jesus, Casper baby pants. All right. Um, oh, it actually so, is. Dude, he has put out, wait a minute, Bob. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 albums as Casper baby pants. Yeah, that's that's well, a, that's an uh, empire. I would say Lump certainly did sat, sit alone in a boggy marsh, totally emotionless, <laughs> except for his heart. Um, all right, Don't let's, let's keep it going. Man, peaches. What a wild song. Bob, um, answer the question. Would you break what, what, up what? the presidency of the United States of America? I feel like I feel like it would be a crime. Now, uh, yeah, if I decided I to pursue my child career, no. I mean, you know what? I think I think it's one of those breakups where the person feels not immediate regret, but like that almost instantaneous, like the six months later regret and never can shake it. And yeah, I know yeah. you know what that but, is. But I mean that's that point. dude. They're making, especially if the lead singer is like the main songwriter, that dude's making money. Doesn't yes. have to leave the house anymore. It's true. Like Weedus, Weedus is still making money, playing fucking Adjacent Fest off one song. Oh yeah, from like twenty years ago. Headlining the stage that I'm on. No comment. I mean, dude, go look up how many people listen to fucking Teenage Dirtbag. Uh, you didn't have it, Mina Savari in your video. You know what's or what's, the, what's the drop off after teenage dirtbag? I I mean oh you mean in terms of of listens? Yeah yeah. yeah. I mean there's definitely going to be a teenage dirtbag redux. There's going to be like come on I mean it's not you know they're not leaving <laughs> they're not leaving that on its own. Um, uh, how would you, oh, Pat, wait, if wait, you wait. had a guess? Wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute. Yeah I'm here. How many people listen to Weedus per month on Spotify? If you had a guess, four million. 4.3 million fucking people. Teenage Dirtbag has almost half a billion streams. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry I said that. Um, so, God bless you, fellas. Here we go. So um, the top five songs, Teenage Dirtbag, A Little Respect, Teenage Bur- Dirtbag 2020, Teenage Dirtbag Sped Up, Teenage Dirtbag Acoustic. <laughs> uh, the sixth song is Bookie's Dirtbag. <laughs> yeah. Look. <clears throat> 
uh, salute to our boys and Weedus. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> Watch, uh, like, you know what you play, and you're gonna look over, and that dude's gonna be standing there, like singing every fucking drug church lyric, and you're gonna feel like a big heel. You know what? Let's get this out in the open. If I lightly tool on somebody's band, it, it you can still like my band. I hate that shit. I hate when people are like, uh, like, oh, I was, my, I had my feelings hurt. It's like, man, come on, I'm not saying anything about your character. I'm, and uh, I certainly don't know every piece of music we just ever wrote. <laughs> so I'm just saying. I mean, I think you might actually. I think you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I mean, I would be like, if I was like, yo, I fucking love whatever. And the, and that the person in that band was like, yo, that band, indecision sucks. I'd be like, fuck them. I don't like them anymore. Uh, whoever, uh, look, uh, just as a side note, I, I, uh, I, I've ardently fought, um, as an advocate for Patrick Kinlan many times in my life. Um, maybe not ardently, but you know, like, been like, ah, come on, he's cool. Um, I do <laughs> want to stand for him to say that, uh, Drug Church should be playing around 5.30 on any upcoming festivals in New Jersey. Um, and as uh, Star Trek the magazine taught me to say, make it so. Okay. Um, so I mean, you know, it could have been worse. It could have been They could have been on Bamboozle. Oh, they could have been on Bamboozle. Ooh, they could have been on Bamboozle. That's a bad one. Um, shots fired. Shots fired. Um well, let's talk back about to, fucking reunion records. Stop yes, talking about back fucking to Tom's, yeah, the United yeah. States. Uh, so Bain. now that we've discussed Blacklisted a little bit, I like that we got that in there. <laughs> For like three seconds. Blacklisted, Heaven Than Heaven, reunion record, yes or no? With the context, we know. It's tough. If I I'm said say no. no. To, yeah, if I said no to Minor Threat, I'd say no to this. Yeah, and I think I'm going to go no as well because I want to be consistent with that. Um, Black was in Philadelphia's minor threat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So if the out of step record had counted as a reunion record, what about almost all the rights of spring and related bands? Almost all of rights of springs material was recorded after reforming from a breakup and all their other eighties bands until Fugazi were essentially the same members. My response to this, just to make it quick. No, because rights spring didn't have material prior so the purpose of this activity is to say reunion records versus the material before. Mm. So right, you it's not you need you can't be like yeah. What are we comparing to? Um, so yeah, yeah. Can Three. I just, can, can I give a yeah, quick shout ahead. out to something? Uh, yeah, friend, we know you like it. Uh, <laughs> Colleen blacklisted uh, uh, Philadelphia's minor threat. It, 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 I was just thinking about the uh, no echo did a, an interview with the woman whose name escapes me from uh, ink and dagger. And yes. uh, everybody go, ch- go read that. I just thought it was a really good interview for how uh, kind of real to bands it is. Uh, they would ask, you know, they asked her questions about basically every act that she ever performed in. And it was it's such also a, guilt. Yeah, she was in guilt. Uh, so, so this is somebody with a real resume. And it was just fascinating going, oh, yeah, that was a weird situation. Uh, didn't work out, uh, but it was a good time. And I, that makes it sound like stiffer than it was. It was a good interview. But I'm just saying bands are sometimes there's not uh, uh, kind of a VH1 behind the music to everything. Do, do you know what I mean? And when you have a, a when you've played in like six bands and each one is just its own unique experience. Sometimes it comes down to statements like, oh, 
Yeah. One time they just stopped calling me for practice. Uh, I was pretty angry. I was pretty angry about it, but I got over it because then I started playing another band. That was fun. And I don't know. It's an interesting piece of uh, hardcore history that gets overlooked, right? Because like Ink and Dagger had several members, so whatever. But like, good interview. Everybody should go read read that on No Echo. True. Shout out. Um, Ashley State is the bassist. Thank you. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Thomas said, Three post-hardcore and screamo bands seem to do the reunion records really well. See Jerome's Dream, Mile Marker, and City of Caterpillar, to name a few. I actually... <clears throat> one, let me be clear, not familiar with the reunion records by any of those bands. Maybe one of you is. But two, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Post-Hardcore does have a pretty good track record. Um, I thought immediately, Tom, I think we mentioned the Quicksand reunion record, but we didn't really get into that. I think we yeah. mentioned the Into Another record, but maybe we didn't even get into that. Um, I know that Caven's reunion comeback records, however you want to phrase sure. it, pretty good. Um, and there's a bunch of others, but I was like, huh, I wonder why. I wonder why those we're seeing more of that. And do you guys agree? Do you think there's a pretty good track record in the post hardcore and screamo realm for reunion records, reunion material? I think so. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't like the biggest fan of any of those bands, but like I know. You know, people that do love those bands were all super stoked and happy with the recorded output that they've, you know, since they've been back. I think it's because you can you can grow into those styles of music. So being like a 38-year-old playing post-hardcore is not that weird. But like a 38-year-old playing like youth crew is probably weirder. <laughs> not anymore, yeah. but yes. Not to be thinking, I mean, or, or 38-year-old no, no. playing like, if you're like, hey, I'm 45 and I started a moshcore band, it's like, ah, it's feels weird but if you're like hey i'm 45 years old and i'm trying to do like an embrace cover band you'd be like that track yeah that's tom that's casper mashi pants that's right <laughs> like hammered hulls i see they're playing all over the west coast so it's like alec mckay yeah. and mary timoney and stuff like that fucking makes sense because it's like 50 something year olds playing like post hardcore and no one's like look at these dusty ass motherfuckers no because it fits them yeah i mean the Screamo yeah. thing is interesting. I, I don't know when Screamo became an old man's game with such uh, uh, a kind of grace, you know, because City of Caterpillar is older than me for sure. So uh, I, I just I think that that's look, I, I'm that guy. I want to I'm interested in what you're doing. So uh, now, you know, what I mean? so uh, if you could pull it off, God bless it, it's it, without our uh, screamo correspondent, the three of us are more lost than we 
uh, we just got to be honest. Like this, it's it's not. Yeah, a- that's it's it's blind spot for all three of us in a certain way. Despite the fact that I think we all there's little niches of it where we're like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I, this I, thing. I, I mile marker made it to my uh, my post hardcore uh, playlist. Uh, so I, I'm not ignorant. I'm not ignorant of mile marker, but I. City of Caterpillar, I might have even seen back in the day, but I, I uh, it's just, these lose me. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, for Tom, I'm going to look to you more for this one. Mm-hmm. Would the Misfits post-Danzig records have been better if they had shied away from the more doo-wop slash 50s influence and influence <laughs> leaned into the more hardcore influence stuff? Can I answer that? <laughs> Uh, you can when I finish. I think if you cut about one quarter of the tracks off American Psycho, you'd have a better album. Um, Tom, why don't you start us off? I mean, I hate to admit this, but like some of the latter day, well, latter day meaning like 96 or whatever, yeah. Misfit stuff is actually quite good. And I think like songs like Dig Up Her Bones. Yeah. are as good as any Misfit songs, and that's probably fucking sacrilege. No, I love that you said sacrilege, that. Stand sacrilege by. But I people, think it's fucking... It's I think those are, to people over 40, but I think to people under 40, they're like, yeah, Tom, you're, you're spitting. You're speaking the truth. So go. I mean, some of the later stuff, they're like, they're like what was it, like Project 1950? It's, it's very mm-hmm. like really bad. when they cover Great Balls of Fire and Monster Mash. Yeah, ca- count me out. But I think like American Psycho, there's like a couple of there's like four or five like good songs on here. I mean it's very like very, very on the nose. It's like, you know, every fucking song is named after a horror movie. Like, yeah, we get it. You know, like yeah. Day of the Dead, The Haunting, Mars Attacks, like oh, all right. Oof, oof. But when they're good, they're awesome. Michael Gray's is just a fucking right wing dickhead, but like but I think those songs are like, yeah, they probably should stay away from the like, they they leaned a little heavy into the um the doo wop, yeah. <laughs> but like the punk songs on there are pretty fucking excellent. Um, Even the record after that, what's the record after that? Uh, Famous uh, monsters. Famous monsters. Yeah, that's right. Good. Movie. Um, yep. Forbidden Zone's good. Saturday night is good. Trying on the side. Oh, which is very doo wop. If if you're if we want to be honest, there's a couple. You kind of like a couple. I mean, so here's the thing, Tom. You, the song "Dig Up Her Bones." If that Amazing. was not a Misfits song, I would. I think it's good. I think it's a fine. It's actually a catchy song. It's just so wild to me, like to put that next to the other thing. So, like, I have a hard time uh, personally reckoning with that. Uh, that said, I used to frequent the IHOP that Michael Graves worked at. So shout out to him. Shout out to the IHOP on Route 37 in Tom's River. Um, pre or post? And, uh, pre, but like literally like as he was getting in, like, like uh, sorry, I got to take off the shift tonight at IHOP. Uh, I got to get my hair done so I can go practice. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, Tom, Patrick, what are your feelings on the, the reunion misfits? You want to sh- cape up here? Uh, no, I don't want to ca- I listen. I want to cape because it's a contrarian opinion to be like, I think it's better, but, uh, and I do, uh, agree, and I do agree with you, Bob, that there's an age component. I run into yeah. a shocking, a shocking amount of like, you know, 20 somethings on tour, uh, who really love the late period stuff. Like yes. the, the scowl family was, uh, 
not ashamed. <laughs> no, their, no, no, no. They didn't exist in a time when when the misfits of old was the only stuff you had. So I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, and look, like I, I've uh, been the guy that's uh, said that uh, the Bad Brains record Rise is woefully right? underrated. You know, right? <laughs> so, uh, but for me, I mean, no misfits hits. But uh, I just like that. This I like that. No misfits they, hits. You know, no, no misfits hits. Nothing for him. It does it, nothing for him. Nothing. Fucking hybrid moments. Come on. No, man. nothing. Nothing. So. So, like, it's a funny thing, Tom, because you feel super strongly about the Misfits. Patrick feels yeah, strongly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly. crap. Well, right. Yeah, totally. totally. Well, they're, they put a lot of material. Even the old side gets crap. There's stuff I don't – it's hard for me to – like, I am I agree, but I, it's hard for me to say I agree out loud because, <laughs> because the Misfits were, like, borderline. Like, it's like, yeah, man, minor threat. Bad Rains, Black Flag, Misfits. Like the Misfits were like a sort of religious thing to the group of folks Especially I got in the punk with. Yeah, well, and, and here it was like scumbag punk skinhead like punkers. Like one of the guys who I got into, you know, who, who was already into punk and hardcore before me was the captain of my cross country team, who's the skinhead. Um, well, I'm not mentioning his name because he's now a local Republican politician. Um, but he was a maniac. Joe Biden? And, yeah, Joe, Joe Biden. He's a maniac who would start our cross-country meets like screaming Misfits lyrics and doing weird shit. And, like That's kind of cringy now, but I, I think about it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And like it was the kind of thing where it was like, oh, yeah, like they only wore Misfit shirts in my head. You know what I mean? Like So right, uh, right. it is funny because – at the same time, I have to think somebody who grew up not in New Jersey with skinheads and punk kids who just loved them and instead was stage diving off of railings to One King Down. Yeah, kind of a different thing. <laughs> like yeah. I might hear Misfits and be like, sure, ah, sure. what's this corny bullshit, you know? Sorry, I'm not Chris Christie, guys. My bad. Do I like what? Did you like Danzig at all? No, I. So here's the deal: I like Danzig Those for first man. Danzig records. Are so I know, good. I know, really I know. Good. Listen, really it, good. It, I like Danzig the man because there's something wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's this funny. This is such a good contrarian. You're just going full contrarian. This is where people need to understand you because you literally would say, "Well, I like doing that because it's contrarian." You're, you're literally saying the opt like. There's so many people out there. You haven't like, agreed with anything yet. Sucks. Danzig <laughs> no, sucks. But I love those first three the records. Very beginning of this podcast, record. Pat was like, "Oh, you like that? I don't like that." <laughs> so <laughs> it's not true. Listen, For last I, hour, Pat was it's like, "Not true." Look at the contrarian. I love it. Yeah, go ahead. You're already being oh, yeah. contrarian about being contrarian. I love Danzig the man because he's 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 <laughs> like uh, he's like a he's like a Billy Idol uh, for hardcore. Uh, like th- it's just so obvious that he's pl- he's he's doing a different assignment <laughs> than everybody else, and I think that that's funny and cool. Uh, I think that the fact that there's although yo check this out from somebody that's close with Danzig, he's a nice guy. <laughs> I just heard th- I just I spoke to somebody who's tight with Danzig and was like, yeah man, he's odd. There's no doubt, but the dude is about as loyal and good to people around him as you would ever hope. 
so this guy who's known Danzig for since Danzig was a kid said could not find a bad thing to say about Danzig. And I thought that no, that was weekend. really interesting. There was a good, it was a did great Danzig story. On was it with Power Trip? Right? Yeah. Was it with Power Trip? And like, where, yeah, where Riley was Riley. talking about it. And he said Danzig was unreal good to them in the way where Without it's like shopping for them. Yeah, like like your weird uncle who's like coming over for a big barbecue, but beforehand stops by in the morning and like, hey, kid, what do you want for breakfast? I'm going to get some breakfast. Cook it up for y'all. And it's like, uh, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese, man. And he's like, ah, I'll get you. And, and then shows up and makes everybody food. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so shout out. Shout out to Danzig. A good guy. My man's like Lodi from Lodi. Yeah, shout out. Um, <laughs> Lodi. Um, all right. Couple more here because I like the I like Thomas. You gave us a structure for this entire thing. Regar- regarding which Thomas? Yeah, you you yeah. This is the emailer, and you you always are hitting them. You this was your whole concept, so you get dual credit. It was. I really recommend revisiting the one o eight. So one o eight all spelled one the letter o eight. Yeah, all spelled together. Demo that preceded a new beat from a dead heart. I think yeah. the production it. Has it makes it closer to the classic records and maybe has an X factor that some people might feel is missing on the proper album. Also, the cover of the bars, Black Flag. Um, yes, yes, good, good cover. By the way. Alluded to it. It, yes, we and talked it, about that, and because we, we were like, it felt like a demo, it felt like like Rob Fish like put it on a CDR for everyone who bought one. Yeah, look, but I, I don't know where it is, it's not on anything. We all, yeah, yeah, we all kind of agreed on that sentiment. Did we get into it on the episode? It was like an odd mind block where we all remembered it existing and being good, but couldn't pinpoint it. Yeah, it was. So let's track that down to people. If you like 108, I mean, to be real, if you like heavier hardcore, um, your starting point should be threefold misery. If you like metallic hardcore, your starting point should be threefold misery. If you like something that's maybe on the faster or a little bit more raw end of things for 108. If you can track down this demo from, I guess that's 2007, 2006, 108. If you can find these files online, that's about as good an entry point to 108 as I could think for somebody who's coming to it, looking for more of a punk or, or like fast, hardcore energy. Cause it's, you're, it's, I'm not going to say it's 108 doing that, but it's raw. It's fast. Still has all the stuff you want from Vic guitar and kind of the 108 energy, but it's just stripped down. It's it's great. I love it. And I mean, mind you, it's eleven or twelve years between threefold and that demo. Threefold. Thank you very much, Sam. As I said, tenfold. Jesus. Um, no, well, I don't even remember. No, but like that came out yeah. in '95, I think, or '96. Yep. yep. And this is like it's insane. Oh, six or seven. Yeah. What was yeah, Vic looking between for... that? Vic, so Vic DeCara, uh, the who he was we should, Yeah, we should do a Vic DeCara episode Vic because he deserves more credit than he gets. One hundred percent. Beyond Inside Out. Uh, he was on the fucking Inside Out Seven Inch. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, no. I mean then, that that should that kind of puts him on a mountaintop to begin with, and then well. well and the beyond material before that, then just transition from that to inside out to think about his impact on post hardcore as a sound and hardcore as a sound going into the nineties. Like, do you know how important the inside out seven inches sonically to nineties hardcore? 
it's almost everything. It's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, here's the deal. We all talk about the Inside Out 7-inch, and a lot of attention goes to the singer's act, and he brought a lot. But yo, the songs, the way the guitar sounds, that's all Vic. He did yeah. all that. Yo, he's, and that's, he, that's the template for 1990 to 1996, hardcore, full stop. I, I've, I've said this before. I uh, used to work with like a, like a rocker, like a proper, you know, like competitor to the strokes at the time of the strokes, like rock guy. And he loved threefold misery. (laughs) Wow. The reason reason was the guitars. He's just like, yo, it's, it's like undeniable. He's like, he's on like a Eddie Van Halen sort of thing over here. Like this dude just fucking rips. And uh here's the thing uh, Vic uh, look I, I don't know this man I, I we have mutual friends. Uh I'm going to say thing a thing that uh you know maybe maybe some people could read the wrong way but I said it about Danzig who's an icon so I can say it about Vic who is an icon to me. This man is fucking weird and it makes it Oh he's full on weird. He's full on weird man and you got to you got to love it. It's 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 kind of what we sometimes get nervous is is missing from hardcore, and that might be changing a little bit now. But there was a little bit of a period where I was like, uh oh, uh oh, we don't have any, we don't have any like, you the know, eccentrics. Pro- yeah, the eccentrics. Where where's the savant with social problems? You know what I mean? Where is he? Uh, so uh, Vic is uh, to me an all timer. And not just because he's written some of my favorite songs in hardcore, but also because uh, he he is such a, um, a unique individual. <laughs> just such yeah. an odd odd bird. <laughs> I, I mean, I we really... talked about him. We talked about him playing uh, um, uh, uh, "Burning Fight," and he like he rode his guitar while it was still attached, like plugged into his amp down the stairs yep at at the metro yep so he's like feeding back he was body surfing his fucking guitar i mean there's been times like he's like stripped down his underwear and played and he had like high socks on we played he was in burn for a while and mpb played with burn at the rotunda in philly and he came up and introduced himself and he had and like a quickness era tour shirt tucked into like adidas shorts (laughs) and he's like i'm thick and i was like yeah i know we literally stole everything you've ever done um <laughs> then he then he freaked out and he borrowed our guitar amp and head and freaked out in the middle of one of the songs and knocked it off the back of the stage at the redunda <laughs> which was cool that was yeah, cool just was real stoked on that yeah uh um, the best and it, it, as tom mentioned between the last between threefold misery and the 108 demo he does some time in Burn, which I think includes being on the recording for Cleanse, um, the EVR 12-inch. And then actually spent mm-hmm. some time in this band Charge. Yes. Right. Where they did a recording with him that I believe never saw the light of day. It would have been fascinating because it was this kind of groove, uh, kind of electric, uh, hardcore, kind of bad brainsy stuff from New Jersey. Vic showed interest, so they were like, let's go. Went to California, record with him. Things go south. Things don't work out. You know, typical stuff. And I'm very fascinated. I wonder what those songs sounded like because it would have been interesting. It felt like there was energy 
around oh, yeah. them. And especially off those demos and like the early the stuff they had recorded already. But I remember when Vic joined, everyone was like, oh shit. Yeah, and I want to give credit to uh, the dude Dan Servon, who I think had a, played a big part in the, the original charge demo. He was a shore guy who actually is on the back of the floor punch seven inch. Mm. And also the back of the um oh our favorite uh Buffalo straight edge band. Uh played with rage. Uh, played with rage. He's on he's the dude on the front cover of that record. Um, no he, shit. He, yeah, he's the, he was responsible for the chart, and he played drums on the over the line demo. So, uh, yeah. Damn so, anyways, Vic Takara, shout out uh, one hundred eight, shout out, and finally, five uh, B. There is a huge sessions of demos from Everything Sucks floating around out there that has most of the that album and stuff from All's Mass Nerder, all sung by Chad Price. Unpopular opinion here. But I think Chad largely picked better songs than Milo on that mm. record. But I also think Vita Blue is the best song Carl Alvarez ever wrote, so maybe I'm biased. Anyways, back Rest to the song. Rest in peace, Blue. Shout out. Yeah, right? So it timely. Just died. So timely, Vita Blue. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates? Uh, Giants, I think, San Francisco Giants. He like won like, yeah, he won with Cy Young. He was like, he was a big deal. Yeah, you're right. Um, so what do you think, Tom? Uh, do you think Milo picked the better songs or Chad? I feel like if you put those two records up, like it's pretty fucking, it's close. It's it literally like, I think Milo just has a lot more just kind of like cachet. Yeah. Cause he's got a drawing about himself and shit. And like, he's Milo and he's awesome. <laughs> the drawing. Like, he has like, a drawing about himself. Versus Chad, like the Chad, like, Instead of what is it? It's the Virgin versus Chad. Why don't we make it Milo versus Chad? Milo versus Chad. Yeah, that, I mean, that Mass Nerder record is perfect. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, it's not my favorite. I'm a uh, I'm a Breaking Things all guy, and I actually oddly like oh. the Dave Smalley all stuff. I, I really like uh, all all Roy for Prez, um, oh, which is fine. kind of a compilation of a couple EPs. There, I, I think that's great. Um, and I really like Problematic, um, which is a weird one, uh, but also good. Yeah. Um, all right, let's kind of let's we're gonna keep it tight today. Rapid Fire reunion records that deserve time and attention. Into another Omens, Tom. This record came out twenty years after the last release. Into another record, I think. Something was like it that. Jeez, was it really? Wait, yeah, it was that see. long. Before we get into that, can we talk about the unreleased Into Another Record? Soulless? Yeah, yes. sure. What do you want to talk uh, about? Uh, 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 Soul Control, right? Soul Control. Soul Control, thank you. Thank it, you. It's, thank you. Uh, I listened to it for the first time in full, like a wow. month ago. And That's a long listen. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Is it bad? I've never heard it. It's, Tom, there's a lot of programming on it. Yes, there's a lot of programming. I'm not good? Uh, I listen. It's like dudes heard poor, like something like a Massive Attack or something, and we're like, yeah, you know what, know. you know what, Portishead record. No, Patrick held himself from saying Portishead because Portishead feels a lot more tuneful. Massive Attack feels like a better reference. Tub. It's like watching a um, like, all right, like Beverly Hills 90210. You know when they did their um, their ecstasy episode and they had to give it some weird name. You know, like whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you call it. Like, they get things. They get things like sideways, half askew. 
it's like watching a 90s like hour-long dramedy and it's like the electronic music that somebody would be listening to that's like vaguely ambient but then has kind of more dancey parts to it um tom i'm gonna jump out and say it fucking sucks <laughs> got it and that's the reason why i got shelved well uh, <laughs> Listen. i think there's a lot of reasons it got shelved um uh, yo and i say this as an into another like super fan like i i love from seamless from ignorance on Ignorance and Seamless are essentially perfect, and I think the earlier material is really good, like really good post-hardcore. But Ignorance and Seamless are great, and Seamless is almost perfect. Um, like Seamless is top ten '90s records to me, like full stop. Wow. I love uh, it. Um, I, th- I think that I, it, it wouldn't come in top five, but it, but you could uh, even in my life you could make an argument that it would fall ten. I think it's really underrated. It's a, it's a great record. It's wild. And what Richie does vocally and lyrically on the records, amazing musically. They finally like, it's one of the best examples of a band seamless. This is executing on a concept. You kind of think, wait, is this what you had in mind since the beginning? Holy shit. You did it. Um, because it just it's it's uh, if I'm being honest, in a way, I think for people who really like what Turnstile has become in recording, you can see the evolution through their records and go, oh, okay, were you aiming for this? Good job. Into another, it's even more clear to me if you listen to some of the more melodic material in the early EPs, and then certainly on Ignorus, they're trying to find the way to the light switch and seamless as the lights are on, and it's awesome. Um, Seamless comes out in 1995. Uh, right. Omens is 2015. 20 years later, and Omens is very Jeez. good. It's a very, very good reunion record. Has a lot of the same spirit, same energy, without doing the, the capital crime that we, we assign to bands. They're not cosplaying as themselves and not trying to right. redo things they did, nor are they trying to do things that bands they influenced are doing. They kind of go and do their own thing. And I, I think it's fantastic. Um, Patrick, you haven't heard Omens on that. I have not. You should listen to it. It's I good. honestly you, forgot you, it existed. It's, um, if I were to put it somewhere, I, I actually like it not quite as much as ignore us because I have a lot more history with it, but I think it's, comparable in quality it's really good like it's really good um pivoting over a quicksand whose last record came out uh manic compression came out in 1995 similar to into another they released interiors in 2017 and then uh what is the newest record tom distant populations distant populations came out what 2021 jesus so they yeah. had a 22-year gap. Uh, full, full stop. Distant Populations is probably better than Interiors, Tom. Probably. Yeah. 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 Yes. But Interiors has really, 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 really grown on me. And um, I've had some people point out songs on that record, uh, specifically Hyperion and Cosmonauts, that have grown on me in this weird way. And... Uh, whereas distant populations, I just think 
on instant listen, like songs like Brush, songs like Colossus, uh, Missile Command, uh, Inversion. Like there's five or six just hits on that record. Um, whereas I think Brushed is potentially one of the best quicksand songs. Again. Okay. I didn't realize so, there were four years between the two. Right? <laughs> it seemed like a quick turnaround for the second record or fourth record. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyways, uh, those both hold up. What are some other quick hit reunion records we want to throw out there? What did I have last time? Um, we talk about Max Pound enough. We didn't really. Oh, we didn't talk about the warning. Yo. Can you guys go into a Max Pound? Uh, yeah. Tom, are you of the opinion that there's no bad Max Pound? There's just different Max Pound. Is that, is, is that fine to say? Um, I wouldn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, there's a they came out with a record in the in the mid 1990s that was not great. Had like ska parts and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. That, I think it was called Independent. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's what you right. call that 90s like, ska parts. Yeah, the that the Life and Times which is the reunion record, the East 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 Side Story record is fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, demo is fucking great, but uh, yeah, you you can picture it, like you've seen that record. It's like two like punk rock looking girls in like high school uniforms. It's a te- it's a it's a truly truly terrible album cover. It, it's, it's it's very it's, of the time. Yeah, it, it's I, I can say it is a bad album cover. But wait, are we t- hold on? Tom, you and I might be talking about two different records, though. Is it independent? We that's the be, one that's like a, that's rough. Um, no, that might be a different one. Sorry, guys. Oh, they're both bad. Which one? No, no. I think parts? independent has some hits. Let me okay. look. Hold on. You're thinking of Super Life. You're thinking of Super Life. Super Life is a bad one. Independence okay. is good. That's the what, dude. That has. Um, could you love me? Could you? Love, that sounds awesome. It has Life Jacket. Yep. Oh yeah, this record's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, but also I, out of print. I, I am, I am wrong. Tom is, Tom is correct. Super life is not an easy. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Good name though. Okay, let's yeah, close nah. this off. No warning. Uh, I think we should. Okay. Can we give some context here? So, no warning drops ill blood in like whatever two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, everyone kind of loves it, even though, to be really honest, they got weird feedback, pushback going, ooh, is this rappy? The vocals are rappy. And it's like, <laughs> yo, what? Go listen. It's nothing. Um, they signed to a subsidi- major label subsidiary, um, Workshop, Machine Shop, Machine Shop, I think. Uh, Warner Brothers subsidiary run by the Lincoln Park folks. Uh, put out Suffer Survive, go on one of the big Lincoln Park tours, and are summarily dismissed by Hardcore. Um, despite the fact that there's a couple songs on uh, Suffer Survive that might as well be Violent Mind songs, you know, um, uh, and there's some other songs that are good, and there's a couple trash songs. It's okay. Stuff that in 20, these are 2004 problems, not 2023 problems, I'll tell you that much. Um, 
When does the wording torture culture come out? 2019, I want to say? 2019? 2017. Jesus Christ. Really? Where, Have where, we been doing the podcast the that long? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Holy yeah. shit. All right. No way. Jesus. So torture culture comes out 2017. Uh, it just rips. It's a great record, right? Yeah, com- completely underrated by people that just kind of like pretended it wasn't popping. It's popping. It's a fucking good record. Do you think that's because – is this something we need to talk about more? Is the idea – I mean we do talk about this. But the reverence people will have for certain bands, for certain records, where it can totally overshadow the rest of their catalog and career. Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, because I think people have been burned. Yeah, yeah they have. Yeah. It's not even – I mean Ill Blood is fucking great, but I think it's mostly because so many bands have come back and put out a record that you're like, yeah, this isn't what I was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think your your default is like this is probably going to suck, but then you don't realize all those dudes have been involved in music the entire time, pretty much. Oh, and like, yeah. still have like that writing that you know, like they didn't lose anything off the fastball. Nope. Nope. Because they've been so around. It's not like they went away for fifteen years. You know what I mean? Like that's when I'd be worried if right. someone well, you know not playing music for fifteen years. You know, like full transparency. I love Judge. Love Judge. I don't know if I want a judge record. Oh, come on. (laughs) I'll tell you straight up. There's most of the bands that I really love uh, as much as I'm the guy that's like, Hey, yeah, let me hear what you sound like at 36. I bet. I bet you're great. Uh, There's a lot of bands. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of wishful thinking for you. That's why buddy. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) That's true. There's a lot of bands that, you know, they're just not great. And look, everybody, it's not a crime to have a moment. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's not against the law to do something remarkable in your life. And then uh, you don't got it anymore. And you're on to other shit. Like, think about all the the uh, ball players who gave people real thrills. And then, you know, maybe they have a, a short a shortened careers because of injury or whatever. But it, it, you can't take it away from them. You Matt know, Harvey. <clears throat> listen, two seasons of great work is is still s- some kid's best memory. You know, so, so it's, uh, I, I always think that we're unduly rough myself included because I'm the guy that's on discogs, like really mad at the people that have only put out a couple records. Like I'll, I'll look at people that have, who put out some of my favorite records and they only put out that record and I'll look at it and I'll be like, what a fucking wasteoid. You know, what what a fuck, what a fucking loser. This guy can't deliver more tracks, but yo, that guy delivered something that made a huge impact on, uh, impact on me uh, and a bunch of other people. And then went on to, you know, he's uh, uh, whatever he, he's a garbage man or he's an architect. It doesn't fucking matter. It's just, <clears throat> it, it's uh, you know, it's not a crime. You got to bear that in mind. Cause sometimes I think not you guys as much, but sometimes I'll be like this fucking bum <laughs> and it's not right. This fucking bum. 